0: You are listening to the Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis, the one and only podcast that discusses modern plastic surgery and leaves you looking great and feeling better. Welcome everyone to the Plastic Surgery Revolution. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Davis, board-certified plastic surgeon. Facelifts, as you all know, because you've seen people with them, you may have had one yourself, You see people in social media presentations. You see people on TV. I can tell you out of all the different fears that people have about getting injectables in their face, getting a facelift, getting a rhinoplasty, the number one thing has always been, at least when you're coming in to consult with me, that you're going to end up looking somehow unrecognizable, or you're going to look weird. And it could be after anything. So many of you that have never, you know, got involved or delved into any of these facial fillers or anything like Botox, you're really scared that even the smallest amount of whatever we're talking about is going to somehow change your appearance in a way that you're not going to like. And I have to be honest with you, I would assume that that should be what everybody's worried about because number one would be safety, obviously, and number two would be you want to come out of this procedure, no matter what it is, looking better, looking more like you would like it to be than previous to having the procedure. Well, the, the procedure that like exemplifies this entire thing we're talking about today is a facelift. And so many of you will come in and you'll show me or you'll reference to me movie stars or uh, singers or people that you know over the years have had really, really uh, fake, like extreme facelifts that have just made them the celebrities look totally not like they used to look. And I have to tell you that there's a few things that go into this that are very, very uh, common throughout the entire process of anything that we do in plastic surgery. And that's what I wanted to highlight today. But quintessentially, I guess it's really thought about with facelifts. And here are the, the real main three things. The first is, how aggressive do you, as the patient, really want to be with this procedure? It could be just filling lip filler, you know, like using a facial filler to make your lips either uh, fuller, making your lips very subtly Uh, outlined so that the vertical lip lines are gone. It really tends to be the direction that you are pointing when you're going to see your plastic surgeon or when you're having this procedure done, no matter what it is. So much of it goes back onto you about how different or how aggressive do you want that particular procedure to be? That's number one. Number two is Are you on the same page with whomever is doing the injections or the facelift or the rhinoplasty? Because if you and the person doing the procedure are like symbiotically thinking about this, if you're both on the same page, you'll tend to get the the result that you're actually looking for and you'll be very, very pleased. The third thing is actually an interesting conundrum, which is, do you want that result to be immediate? Do you want to have some uh, ability to continue to improve upon it over the course of time? And I think that last component is something that really isn't spoken about enough in a consultation. And I want to uh, just kind of bring that one important fact um, to the forefront a little bit more. And that is nowadays with all of the different modalities and techniques that we have as plastic surgeons, we can take you from point A to point B and then if your eventual goal is to end up at, you know, point G, let's say, we can take you there in a really slow fashion so that you're more comfortable with it and you can see the results like progressing possibly weekly or monthly or maybe even after three or four months. And there are some of you that want to get to point A to G tomorrow, and you know who you are. So understanding that component will also kind of push the envelope in a direction that we need to be a little bit more aggressive, or we might have like slow it down a little bit so you could get comfortable with the changes that are occurring. And that really works well for things like laser resurfacing where we could do something very minimally. So over the next few days, you may look a little irritated, a little red, but no one's really going to notice anything. And you're really going to be able to still be socially, uh, involved with things. Or we could take it to a point where over the next five to seven days, you're really going to be in the house and not really seeing a lot of people because we did go a little bit more aggressively or a lot more aggressively. But something like a facelift is different because if we're already going to be doing a procedure where we're going to have to bring it to the operating room, we're going to have to have some sort of anesthesia involved, and there is going to be some sort of a recovery window of time, discussing with your plastic surgeon the goals of that procedure are very, very, very important. And facelifts tend to be one of those procedures that I really love to do, and I really love to get involved with discussing with you the goals of the actual procedure. There are, in plastic surgery and in the cosmetic surgery world, as you all know, there's a lot of semantics that get thrown around especially with the word facelift. Some people will call it a mini facelift. Some people will call it uh, a facelift necklift. Some people will just call what they want a necklift. Other people may call it something like an S-lift or a full facelift. There's a million different kind of prefixes that can be placed in front of the word facelift. But at the end of the day, the thing that really bothers you the most should still be the thing that's highlighted in that procedure. So to give you an example of what I'm talking about, the other day, I did a facelift on someone whose main goal was the jowl and the neck. That area was the area that she really didn't like, no matter what procedures that she may have had to try to change that, that was non-surgical. They just weren't being aggressive enough. So we did a, a lower face neck lift, if you will, that it really addressed that aspect. Here are the concerns that I always hear. And this was one of this patient's concerns as well. Is my mouth going to look weird Is it going to be pulled in such a direction that everyone's going to know I did something like a facelift? Are those nasolabial folds going to be pulled so tight that it's just going to look odd? It's going to look like somebody had a facelift. And all of those types of concerns go along with how aggressive do you want that pull? How aggressive do you want this to look And another very important thing is, have you ever had one before? Because some patients will, you know, bring up the fact that someone like Joan Rivers started to look very, very strange after multiple facelifts. Well, obviously, if you keep on going back and doing more and more of a pull or a, a lift, if you will, in someone that really doesn't have that much to lift you could understand where you're going to start to pull things in a direction that's going to make you look odd. And that's where, you know, understanding what are some of the other modalities, what are other techniques or tools that we have that if you really aren't ready for a facelift or a neck lift, could we employ those techniques first to give you the results that you're looking for? again, without burning any bridges or doing anything that's going to create any um, long-term problems so that if you eventually did get your facelift, that it would be somehow complicated or complex. And there really are ways of addressing certain things that won't be overly aggressive, but may satisfy a concern that you have. So again, Every time I'm doing one of these facelifts, one of the big things that I really know is that I've spent a lot of time in the consultation, understanding exactly what you as the patient really wanted to achieve. Because in the operating room, I know I have to make the judgment calls as to what I'm doing in terms of how aggressive I want to make the neck lift or the facelift or the jowl go away. And that all comes down to the relationship and the discussions that we've had in the consultations. And you know, when I'm doing these podcasts, most of the time I'm really talking about how important it is to have that communication established so that you and the patient are really discussing all of your goals and aspirations to have something like this done and to really define what other techniques or modalities or tools are out there so that you know we've come to a decision on you know this is the way to go to make it look the way you want it to be this can be extrapolated by the way into all the other procedures that you may be asking about do you really need an abdominoplasty or is liposuctioning with a little skin excision from where your C-section scar was enough. I'm throwing these things out there just to have you kind of think through all this so that the next time you're thinking about an area of the body or the face that bothers you, maybe start to think up questions or, you know, ways that you would want to have something made better, and then pose it to the plastic surgeon that you're going to visit. You've been listening to The Plastic Surgery Revolution. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Davis, and I'll be speaking with you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis. Please subscribe to our show in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Keep listening, looking great, and feeling better.